0: We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath.
1: Hello, Las Vegas. Happy Thursday, one and all. I know it's been a while since we've had an actual show. I am a little overwhelmed with how much news there is to potentially cover and discuss. We had, obviously, the the shooting a couple of weeks ago, which... uh, just changed up our entire show format for that whole week and then I was out of town a good bit last week so we have just it's been it's been a long time I realized the last time we did an actual show we were still talking about kneeling in the NFL and we'll we'll touch on that today but probably not for an extended period of time because we've already talked about it and I don't really think there's anything new we need to discuss on that matter so let's start here in las vegas uh there is a benefit concert tomorrow night i believe at the orleans is it at the orleans yeah it's at the orleans arena beasley media group is uh joining boyd gaming to host vegas strong a night of healing at the orleans arena tomorrow night all the profits will be donated to the victims fund uh and uh it's free the concert is completely free um So the tickets are free, the performance is free, but then anything that happens as far as ancillary sales, food, beverage, stuff like that, that's all going to go to the victim's fund. So the sad news is if you wanted to go, you can't because the free tickets were claimed within a very, very short time (laughs) Uh, and they've been gone for days. So unfortunately you can't go. Maybe I shouldn't have, I should have just not told you about it, but it is kind of a, a big deal it's happening here in our city and we've got a bunch of superstars that are coming in to make this happen so uh, it's it looks like it'll be a it'll be a good event and uh, hopefully raise a lot of money for the victims fund so here's the thing we don't know still what all happened with the shooting here we still don't know the shooter's motive we don't know If he had any affiliations of any kind, we don't know if he had any illnesses of any kind. We don't know uh, what triggered this. We don't know if he had associates. We don't know really much of anything. In fact, there was this whole... Well, there are still... There are so many conspiracy theories about what happened here in Vegas and people... um, Saying that various law enforcement agencies aren't doing their jobs correctly, or we would know, and people saying that the security guard had disappeared. But then, you know, miraculously, he was able to give an interview on Ellen uh, yesterday, which I believe was recorded on Tuesday of this week. Probably not coincidental that the MGM installed uh, Ellen slot machines a little while back um, and that she got the first interview. I'm guessing that it's not that it's coincidental. It's. I would say a conflict of interest, because he had had, I believe there were five or six interviews prior to that, that were mysteriously canceled, and then everyone was like, oh my goodness, the guard disappeared, it's a huge cover-up, the government is involved in this somehow, and then he's on Ellen. So I don't, it's, it's strange, I agree that it's strange, I agree that it's kind of bizarre that we don't know what was going on with this guy, but... You know, here at Liberty, we have the opportunity of working closely with Metro on a very regular basis. We've had Sheriff Lombardo here in our church on multiple occasions. And I believe with all of my heart that the Las Vegas Police Department is one of the finest, if not the finest, in the entire nation. And I believe that they are doing everything that can be done and that whenever there is actual information to share, that they will share it. I don't believe there's a cover-up. I don't believe in the conspiracies. I think that the Las Vegas Police Department is doing and will continue to do excellent work, as they always have. Now, if you want to talk about the FBI side of it and the federal side of it, I don't know about all of that. But when it comes to Las Vegas, because I don't know anybody in the FBI. I have friends who have siblings in the FBI, but I don't actually know them. I don't know. I don't know. All right, I'm not going to talk about that angle of it. But when it comes to Las Vegas, it hurts me when I see people on the national news uh, saying things about our police department that are just not correct. Our police department is incredible, and our sheriff is amazing. So I would encourage you not to not don't don't take the clickbait, don't click the headline being written by somebody sitting at a desk on the other side of the country somewhere. It's it's easy to do. It's it's amazing how much easier it is to mistrust people than it is to trust them. But I trust our sheriff. I trust our police department. I trust that they are doing everything that can be done and that when there is information to share, they will share it. And But in our world where we live in a state of instant knowledge, where you can... Literally type in anything. Now, you don't even need a computer. You can just type it in on your phone and find out everything you ever wanted to know about anything. It drives us absolutely crazy as a culture when we can't know. When we don't know the answer because we have to know. Because that is the culture that we live in. We want to know and we want to know right now. And then after we know, we're going to share our opinions with everyone. And oftentimes, sadly, before we know. We share our opinions with everyone, and right now we just don't know. And we don't like that. It makes us uncomfortable. But we don't know. So I'm choosing, because I believe with all my heart, that our police department is one of, if not the finest in the country, to give them and give Sheriff Lombardo the benefit of the doubt, because I believe that he has done and is doing a fantastic job. Beyond that there's not really a whole lot I can tell you. We don't really know a lot. We've had the timeline, uh we've seen the MGM and uh and the police uh go back and forth over the timeline as to when the guard uh was shot, how that all went down, when the police were called, different things there but we don't know we don't know exactly. What happened? And there there was a phase where it was like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then it kind of like squished back together and everybody's like, oh, okay, the timeline is actually basically the same again. So I don't know where the discrepancy came in and I don't know why. All I know is there's a lot that we don't know. And we probably won't know for some time. But we've seen a lot of good following this. We've seen people come together. I believe in our city like never before. We've seen so much money has been raised. The last time I checked, which was last week, was like over $10 million raised for the Victims Fund, and I'm sure it's way beyond that now. I hadn't checked here this morning. We've seen individuals uh, who have raised money for friends and family members who were at the event. Uh, I saw one GoFundMe yesterday that one of the victims... um, there was a GoFundMe set up for one of the victims who had been shot in the head. Her, her friends had raised over $50,000 for her family to be able to travel here to cover their travel expenses and pay for uh, the work that they would be missing. And uh, just a really great story. She was in a coma, but she had woken up and started to walk yesterday. And there are just story after story of people coming together, of people helping each other out, of real heroes here. And I, I think we're missing that angle of it by continuing to focus on oh, but what if this, but what if this conspiracies. There are real families that are really hurting. There are real people whose lives will never be the same. There are real people who are struggling to recover even now. And I think when we're tempted to go after or click on conspiracies, what if we just prayed for them instead? Because quite honestly, Clicking on another conspiracy story and you reading that and or sharing it isn't actually going to help anyone. It's really not. But if you pray for people, that makes a real difference. Because you may not know them, but God sure does. And he cares about them. All right, so that's that's all I'm going to talk about for for the shooting for now, for today. We're going to move on. Let's talk about the president's recent wins and losses. I don't know. We may make this a regular show segment. Don't know if it'll be on Thursdays, maybe on Tuesdays. Probably on Thursdays, though, because Thursday's just a good day. You've already been through a lot of the week, so you've got a lot of the week's news that you can look back on. So let's see. Where do we want to start? All right, so the Dow hit record high, again, 23,000. The index first closed above 22000 on August 2nd. Boeing and Caterpillar were the biggest... Oh, okay. Let me explain. For those of you who did not grow up in farm country, <clears throat> or you just grew up in a city, you may not know, Caterpillar is like, they make these huge trucks and tractors and stuff. Huge. So Boeing and Caterpillar were the biggest points contributors on the Dow since August 2nd, when the index first broke above 22,000. On Tuesday, the index was buoyed by United Health, which is interesting considering the president's executive order on health care, which we will get to in a moment. But the Dow is continuing to climb. Highest it has ever been. It's been in a continual... Upward tick pretty consistently since Trump came into office. So, you know, we could talk a lot about his various policy standpoints and personal, uh, whatever you want to call them, tweets. <laughs> I guess we could just summarize it as saying tweets, you can say whatever you want about all that stuff, but the Dow is responding very favorably to whatever it is it thinks is happening in the world. The Dow is responding favorably with Donald Trump in office. Can we credit it directly to him? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is that since Trump has been in office, your retirement fund is doing better. Go look at it if you haven't recently. I was very pleasantly surprised the last time I checked mine. I was like, wait, what happened? And then I I was like, oh. I mean, (laughs) if you ever watch The Apprentice, you know they start with the money, money, money song? Having Trump as president right now is money, money, money in your retirement account. Love him or hate him, it's just a fact. It'll probably crash at some point because this is what always happens. But right now is money in the bank all right also the department of health and human services under president trump has declared that life begins at conception This, aside from the appointment of Justice Gorsuch, is, in my opinion, the best thing that has come out of the Trump presidency thus far. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services released their 2018-2022 to plan, which unequivocally states that life begins at conception and deserves protection from the get-go. In the introduction, it says, HHS, so Department of Health and Human Services, accomplishes its mission through programs and initiatives that cover a wide spectrum of activities serving and protecting. Americans at every stage of life beginning at conception. The draft of this document mentions life beginning at conceptions five times in total. Now, why is this significant? Because in Roe v. Wade in 1973 the majority opinion in the majority opinion Justice Harry Blackmun wrote that Roe v. Wade would collapse quote If the fetus is a person. Because when you get down to the bottom line of the pro-choice argument, it's all about when life begins. If a fetus is a person, then abortion is murder. And this is the difference. Those who are pro-life believe that life begins at conception, for the most part. That's what pro-lifers believe. And therefore, it is a person. It's not a fetus. It's not a clump of cells. It's a baby. It's a viable human life. In support of the draft of this document, author and bioethics expert Wesley J. Smith wrote, Life beginning at conception is a fact of basic biological science. And Once we reach that point, if we reach that point, I guess I should say, but I believe that we will, Because science always backs up that which God says. Sometimes it takes us a really long time to figure it out. Things like the earth is round. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just takes us a long time as humans to catch up with what God already explained to us. But I believe there's coming a point when we will recognize, scientifically, without question, that life begins at conception. And once that happens, then abortion is unequivocally murder. If a fetus is a person, abortion is murder, and then it will be outlawed as such. So that's a win uh, for Trump this week. Also, ISIS has been defeated in Raqqa as major military operations have been declared over in that city. U.S.-backed fighting forces uh, battling in Raqqa say that major military operations in the city have ended and that the jihadis have lost control of their self-declared capital. So Raqqa was where they were basing their caliphate, which has now potentially crumbled through this defeat. Now, this this is fantastic, the fact that Raqqa has been taken back from ISIS. Anytime that ISIS is defeated, it is a good thing. However, before we start celebrating in the streets or anything. We need to remember that this is not the first time that ISIS has been defeated, although I would say that this is the most decisively it has been defeated in quite some time. But, with the loss of its caliphate, ISIS may return to its guerrilla roots. In fact, we should expect that they will, according to counterterrorism officials. Uh, Western and Arab counterterrorism officials are bracing for a new lethal incarnation of the jihadi group, because this is this is what happens with them, they have these major uh, military onslaughts, and are still able somehow to recruit adherents around the world who are willing to kill in their name. And over a year ago, ISIS leaders had put forward information saying that they had contingency plans to revert to their guerrilla roots should they or would they lose their territory in Iraq and Syria. So it's 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 fantastic. It's a it's a huge win that Raqqa has been taken away from ISIS. But they're not gone. It's not like they've disappeared off the map. And they don't even have to be in control of an area to have devastating effects via lone wolf ...terrorist attacks like we've seen in Manchester and Orlando. The Islamic State... ...is not finished. So we need to remain vigilant, but... ...it is nevertheless really good news... ...that they have been defeated in Raqqa. Okay. So, let's see. What else has happened? Oh, well, let's finish with the President's wins and losses first. Okay, a couple... um, So those are some wins... Some big wins. Life begins at conception. The Dow hits a record high. ISIS defeated in Raqqa. A couple losses this week. I think. Um, I think he, that the president made a mistake in saying that no other president has called or comforted families of slain soldiers. That that's. Just completely incorrect, I believe. Literally every one of them has. I mean, George W. Bush is notorious for going out of his way uh, to interact with in comfort and grieve with families of those who have lost their loved ones. Not to mention his continual work uh, with Wounded Warriors. I mean, you've got... Uh, he does a... I think it's two uh, bike trips each year. Uh, he does... Golf tournaments all the time with wounded warriors. He does wounded warrior stuff all the time, and you don't even need you don't even need Google really. You could probably use Bing or some other <laughs> lowly search service to find photo after photo and article after article of George W. Bush comforting families of those who have fallen, and the same, quite frankly, with President Obama. I don't think... Obviously, he's not as known for that being something that he does, but he called widows. He called families. He met with them. This isn't something that is unique to President Trump. I mean, president Clinton did it. President George H.W. Bush did. I mean, it just, it, it's president... Like, it. it's not something new. So I think that was not well said. I would call that a loss for the president this week. Also, the president... Uh, jokingly said that Vice President Pence would like to hang all gay people. Again, it was made in jest as a joke. It was a very, very poor joke. And it's one that just shouldn't be made. Ever. Period. The end. I would call that a loss for the president this week. And then there's the not sure category. The executive order on Obamacare. This one, I'm just, I don't know. I just don't know. Here's why. It sounds good, but will it actually be good? I don't know. I don't know. I like that Rand Paul likes it. Because though I don't agree with Rand Paul on policy all the time, healthcare is an area which I think he has been very care- fair and correct on throughout his service, so I like that he likes it. That makes me feel very Uh, good about it. It's going to open competition across state lines. It's going to let individuals create groups so that they can buy across uh, state lines. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work exactly. But I know um, I know that something needs to be done. I know that it's not actually available right now. It's coming down the pike. It's not like it just happened. And voila, healthcare is resolved. The problems are all fixed. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. My 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 bigger problem with this is I don't like executive orders to begin with. Alright, I like okay. Here's where I think executive orders are a good thing. And the president used them, I believe, very effectively when he first came into office. If a prior president uses executive authority to do something which is unconstitutional, a.k.a. write laws on his own, usurping Congress, then those executive orders should be overturned by the subsequent president's executive orders. And President Trump, I believe, used that power very effectively when he first came into office. He was like, oh, boom, 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 boom. Here's all the things that Obama did that were not constitutional where he tried to write the law himself which is not his job therefore I shall now overturn his laws via executive order that's good right that those executive orders I fully support when you get into executive orders however that are writing laws or changing laws um that's not that's not what they're there for that's not what you're supposed to be doing so even if it is something that is this is where it's hard because you have something that you say, yeah, that would be good for us to have done. The problem is when we do it the wrong way. So here okay, so here's the thing. Let's say that you were not a big fan of President Obama. So when he issued an executive order, you thought that was a bad idea. His supporters, however, are standing there saying, this is a good thing. This is something that needs to get done. Way to go, Mr. President. Let's say you do like President Trump. He writes an executive order and you say, this is a good thing. This is something that needs to get done. Way to go, Mr. President. His detractors are saying, this is a bad thing. This is not how you should use executive orders. Do you see what's happening? We've reached a point where we no longer look at the actual usage of power itself. And all we see is whether or not we like the guy who's using the power. Our focus is in the wrong place. But it's difficult. It's really hard when you see, oh, this is a good thing that should be done. But do we do the good thing in the wrong way? And then we get into all kinds of complicated conversation, which we just don't have time for here today. But So I'm torn over this executive order, because as a general rule, I don't like executive orders unless they're overturning a previous unconstitutional executive order. And quite frankly, we just don't know what's going to come of this. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't really even know what it's going to do. I mean, I could give you some generalizations. Again, it's going to open state lines. Okay, great. How is that going to work? In practice, how is it going to work? I can't... I don't know. I can't explain it to you. The whole thing has been confusing since the beginning. The problem is now we're so far into the affordable care act that we can't simply wave a magic wand and make it go away. (sighs) But, you know, at least... At least the president is trying to do something, I guess. Because, you know, Congress, Republicans in Congress had so much time to make their own alternative. Because, you know, we can't just throw out Obamacare. It doesn't work that way anymore. We can't just, like I said, we can't wave a magic wand and make it go away. But you had eight years to come up with a plan to help it go away, to get us back to reasonable, consumer-friendly health care. I he didn't do it. And how is it that we were able... This is the other thing. We could... We could... Uh, we could take a vote on overturning Obamacare and have it pass every time while Obama was in office and then Obama gets out of office and we can't pass the same legislation. Like, what changed? Like, if it wasn't going to work then, why did you vote for it? Why didn't you create something better so that once it was possible to actually put in something new, we could get it done? But no, no. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> Meanwhile, people still can't keep their doctors or their plans and premiums are going through the roof. I had a friend. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. I had a friend who shared their. Yeah, here we go. Uh, They're in Virginia. It's a husband and a wife. Two people, early 40s, their health care for two people has been $1,170 a month, not including dental. They just received notice this week that in 2018, their two-person plan for a couple in their 40s who are healthy is jumping to $1,700 a month for two people. Oh, and by the way, that plan doesn't cover the, their trips to the doctor. That's absolutely insane. $1,700 a month for two people who are healthy? What? What? So yeah. We have problems with healthcare and somebody needs to fix the problems. All right, what else is happening on the political front? Oh, this was this was hilarious. Um during Senate hearings yesterday, Senator Ben Sass spilled his Dr Pepper on Senator Ted Cruz, uh, which resulted in an epic Twitter back and forth between the two. I can't even explain it. You just if you're on Twitter and you miss that, you need to go check it out. And you it's it's so funny. There Are two of my I love Ben Sass, I love Ted Cruz and to see the two of them go at it on Twitter. Ted Cruz's social media people have been second to none for years. They are so good and so fast and then of course Dr. Pepper even got in on the got in on the fun. Um and it was it was just it was it was some levity on Twitter on the political front yesterday. It was just nice to see. Um Oh, and then we've got something happening with Hillary and Russia and collusion and everything. Um, Yeah, so apparently, apparently, Russia was, you know, buying U.S. uranium. The Obama administration approved it under Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this part about how the FBI had actually obtained an eyewitness account, which was backed up by documents indicating that Russian nuclear officials had routed millions of dollars to the United States, which were specifically designed to benefit the Clinton Foundation during the time that Hillary was Secretary of State and serving (laughs) our country in that capacity. That is... That is... That... Okay. I don't even... This just blows my mind. This blows my mind. And then you have the entire leftist... Oh, wow. Everybody's all like, Trump and Russia, Trump and Russia, Trump and Russia, when there's... the, the, The FBI in the meantime knows for a fact that the Russian nuclear industry officials were engaged in bribery, kickbacks, extortion, and money laundering designed to grow Putin's atomic energy business inside the United States, all the while benefiting Hillary Clinton. You literally can't make this up. And there are still people who think that she could be president in 2020. Like, how do you think that is possible? I mean, I don't know how she got as close as she did just with Benghazi alone. But now you add to it that we, we know. We know that the FBI knew, that the FBI knows, that not only did the Obama administration approve uh, Putin buying our uranium and, and doing it in a, in a grossly illegal fashion, through bribery, kicks back, kickbacks, extortion, and money laundering. But the whole time, it was routing millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. What? While Hillary is Secretary of State, like what? Oh my goodness! The, the level of, illegality in that whole like, what? What? This should be. I mean, I. I'm sorry. I know. I love America. I love our flag. I stand for the anthem. But nobody should be talking about NFL players kneeling when this is in the news. Like, oh. like OK, I, I get it. It's football. It's America. The two are supposed to be together and the players should be standing. I understand all of that. But maybe, you know, we've talked about that. It's got to be close to a month now. Is there a point where we move on and talk about, you know, I don't want to say real issues because I'm not saying that's not an issue. I spent two podcasts about it when it was actually first happening and I said everything that I wanted to say about that then. So go listen to the podcast. But, but like, seriously, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this? Is there a reason why we're not like I I don't understand I don't understand why people aren't, you know, going to jail. And I I don't mean to say that lightly or flippantly or or parrot a Trump talking point about putting Hillary in jail or anything like that. But seriously, is there a reason why this woman is not in jail? I mean, at this point, I think it would almost be cruel because she's and I I don't mean this flippantly or like, but the woman is kind of old. Like she was hospitalized I heard somewhere in Europe, I think the other day. Like, I think now it would almost be, it would just not be right to put her in prison. But seriously, like, do you, do you, do we not care about stuff that's actually happening in our world? Like, I just don't, I don't. Like, if you walked up to The Average American and asked them about the NFL uh, protests and the NFL boycott, they could probably tell you all about it whichever side they're on they could tell you all about it and why they think what they think but if you ask them if they think that russia was involved at all in supporting in any way either candidate in the previous election i don't think there's very many people that are going to be like oh yeah oh yeah that's right there was something about uranium and uh oh oh yeah Russia was sending millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation while Hillary was Secretary of State as they were using kickbacks and extortion and money laundering to uh, increase Putin's nuclear energy holdings. I don't, I don't know another way to explain to you that maybe this is a big deal and maybe we should, you know, talk about it. <sighs> As of, what's today? It's today the eight, 19th. Okay. So as of yesterday, let's put this in perspective. As of yesterday, ABC, CBS, and NBC Network Evening News had spent a grand total of three minutes and one second combined, combined, on this story. And that's not. Since we found out about the FBI. That's in the entirety of the last two years. So that's adding together every time they've mentioned anything possible about American uranium and payments to the Clinton Foundation as a result in the last two years. Two years, three minutes and one second on the top three network evening news broadcasts. That's what we spent on this. Methinks we are talking about the wrong things, perhaps all right we've got to take a break we've got to take a break there's so much more to talk about but I need to get a drink of water and my water bottle is on the other desk so so we have to play a song so that I can go over and get my water bottle stay with us we'll be back in just a moment you're listening to 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas
0: One year ago, at Revive Us, over 150,000 believers gathered in theaters across America for a national family meeting. We prayed, we worshiped, we put our faith into action, and something remarkable happened. But we didn't cross the finish line. We crossed the starting line. Today, some say that we've become more divided as a country than ever. Divided over race, politics, religion. Even our families are divided and they say it's only getting worse. But you and I know something they don't. An awakening has begun. There's been a shift in our culture. A fresh momentum is building. God is unleashing something that is uniting heaven and earth. And what God joins together, nothing can separate. Join me and Dr. Ben Carson, Johnny Erickson Tata, Ravi Zacharias, Alex and Stephen Kendrick, producers of the movies Fireproof and War Room, special artists and musical guests Zach Williams and Christian Cuevas as we gather on one night live in theaters across the country to pray and worship together and discover how we can bring hope and healing to our divided nation. It's time for a better and higher perspective. Live from the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., don't miss this one-night national family meeting of hope, courage, and unity. Revive us, too. Get your tickets today.
1: Revive us.com is the website. Kirk Cameron is coming back to theaters. He had a huge success last year with revive us and it's presented by my faith votes. It's Kirk Cameron revive us to a national family family meeting. It's going to be in select theaters next Tuesday, October 24th. And then there will be an encore presentation on Wednesday, November the 1st. If you are interested in attending Uh, this event it will be broadcast at uh, on tuesday next tuesday so on october 24th that is next tuesday right Yes, okay. It'll be at the Century 16 at the Santa Fe Station. It'll be at uh, Village Square 18 down on West Sahara. It'll be at the South Point Century 16. It'll be at the Orleans 18 on Tropicana. Uh, It'll be at Samstown out on Boulder Highway. And at the Colonnade 14 on Southeastern. So we've got six theaters here in Las Vegas that are broadcasting this live event with Kurt Cameron, Revive Us 2. Revive Us 2. So if you're looking for something good in theaters to take your family to in the coming week, I don't think it's going to get much better than this when it comes to a biblical, God-pleasing event happening in theaters this week. It's Revive Us 2, hosted by Kirk Cameron, Ravi Zacharias, who we play on our radio station regularly. Uh, You've got Dr. Ben Carson, Johnny Erickson Tata, some musical guests, for an inspiring night of hope, courage, and unity. I'll share the trailer and a link to the website on my Twitter and Facebook pages. You can find me there at The Friddle. Thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. Maybe you didn't take time out. Maybe you have to be in the car driving. You're like, well, there's nothing better on, so I guess I'll listen to Crystal talk. That's okay, too. I appreciate you. I do. I do. I I love all my listeners, regardless of why they listen. If you listen because you're strapped into a car seat in the back seat and this is what mom put on. Hey, I, I feel for you, kiddo. I feel for you. I've been there. Maybe after me, they'll put on some Adventures in Odyssey or some Veggie Tales for you or something. Hey, I had my first request for a Christmas song uh, earlier this week. Just wanted to let everybody know that while Christmas is coming, I'm not taking Christmas requests officially yet. So once we hit December, you'll be able to do request time pretty much every uh, weekday. I'll take requests, but I'm not taking Christmas requests yet. I know you guys are excited. I know December is coming, um, and I talked about this the other day, and so I I just wanted to let you guys know I appreciate the enthusiasm about the Christmas music, but it's not not quite time yet, but I haven't forgotten, and I've written down. It's my first Christmas request for 2017 was I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas, so that is the first Christmas song that we will be playing Once the time comes and we transition to all Christmas music all the time, which I believe will be on December 1st, depending on what day of the week that is. Let me take a look here. Yeah, it's a Monday, so it should probably be. Nope, nope, nope. It's Friday. Still might be. Yeah, probably. Anyway, all of December it will be all Christmas music all the time and we will be starting this program that Friday, December 1st with I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas because that was the first request that I got in October, which I think was great. And I appreciate all those of you who listen and who are excited about things that are coming up also by December. We will have a dedicated studio phone line so that you can call in directly without having to go through the answering machine for trivia questions or for uh, music requests and things of that nature. I'm excited about that. But now our time has come to say goodbye. So... Be sure to join us tomorrow, same time, same place, here on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. It is Friday tomorrow, which means I'm going to be giving things away. And I did say things plural. Hence, I will be giving away multiple things. So be sure to listen in. Write down our telephone number today, and then you'll be prepared ahead of time for tomorrow. 702-647-4522. You also want to go like our Twitter and Facebook pages at KVXL Radio. And that's it. I've run out of things to tell you, except that you should join us for church on Sunday, 930 or 1115 at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Have a great day. We will see you tomorrow.